1: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homechef.com
2: slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed
1: you are locked on magic your daily podcast on the orlando magic part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
2: and you are indeed locked on magic today is march 20th 2018 almost the spring equinox isn't that fun Uh, My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore omd And on today's episode, we'll take a quick look at the Magic's game coming up against the Toronto Raptors, including the latest news from the Orlando Magic, as the Magic will get at least one of their big players back. I'm sure you can guess which one. Um, was cleared from the concussion protocol so we'll talk a little bit about that matchup as we get set for Tuesday's game it's T-Mac night so we'll 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 talk we won't talk about T-Mac though until probably Wednesday's episode we'll see um, but yeah we'll, we'll 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 get into all the nooks and crannies of that game uh, then I'm going to talk a little bit about the magic uh, going younger uh, something that they said they were going to do starting uh, with Friday's game actually against the Celtics uh, and trying to figure out exactly what that looks like uh, it 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 may not quite look the way some fans want it to look, but the Magic are going to go younger, are going to play a lot of their younger guys the rest of the season. So expect a slight tweak to the rotation here in these final 12 games of the year. And finally, we're going to wrap up with a preview of a pretty big get over from the Locked On NBA podcast. Definitely should give this a listen. On Thursday, the Locked On NBA podcast will have none other than Commissioner Adam Silver on the show, so subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, as well as I believe it's also on TuneIn, as well as Spotify as well. Subscribe to that podcast on Thursday. You will get a full interview with Commissioner Adam Silver. We'll have a preview of that uh, of that uh, podcast uh, with with the commissioner coming up later on today's show. But let's start, of course with a look at the Magic's game against the Toronto Raptors. The big news, of course, the Orlando Magic will get Aaron Gordon back from the concussion protocol, back from injury. He missed five games with a concussion suffered, uh, or an, an apparent concussion suffered um, Wednesday against, or a couple of Wednesdays ago against the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, so it's been a little bit of a tough journey back for Aaron Gordon. He, he said at one point that he thought it was just a migraine. He didn't think it was actually that bad. Uh, on the short-term memory test, he claimed, uh, according to Josh Robbins of the Orlando Sentinel, that he scored really, really well on the test, so his baseline test is is better, uh, and so he was unable to pass the test um, and and get cleared from the concussion. He, he thought he should have been playing a few games ago. Um, I, I'm sorry, Aaron, I, I'm I'm not buying that. They, the NBA does take concussions very seriously, and so you better uh, you better uh, not you know. Score as well as you should score on it, but uh, I think the NBA made the right call keeping him from playing, even if he did not actually have a concussion. Better to be safe than sorry, and I hear you in the back there saying that this is all for the tank and whatnot. But undoubtedly, the Magic getting Aaron Gordon back is going to be a huge thing. As I, as I noted on yesterday's podcast on the Orlando Magic Daily Facebook Live, um, the Magic have failed to score 90 points in, f- I believe it's four of their last six games or five of their last seven games, something, something like that. Um, the Magic's offense has really struggled, and so obviously, bringing back a player who, who is averaging 18 points per game, a guy who, uh, Gordon even said this, creates space for other players just by the attention he draws, and while I don't think anyone's confusing Aaron Gordon for a superstar anytime soon, he does bring a lot of more attention, and, and that should open up space for other other players, and should help the Magic's offense quite a bit. Obviously, Orlando wants to see him back on the floor, and Aaron Gordon, when he talked to the media after practice on Monday, seemed very excited to be back in the lineup.
3: We'll be back in the team, back competing. You know, it's just fun. You know, we got a good group of guys here, so it's good to be out on the court helping them win and uh, you know just progressing.
2: That's Magic forward Aaron Gordon talking after practice on Monday. Obviously, very excited to be back on the floor. Something he's been pushing for, and of course, the Magic have a lot of things they want to see with him. Uh, specifically, seeing him play with Jonathan Isaac. Um, you know, Gordon isn't going to talk. Wasn't going to talk very much about what he needs to show in these last dozen games before his free uh, impending free agency. It's something we've talked ad nauseum about. Um, again, I, I don't think there's much to say about it. Um, you know, I think the Magic are pretty much going to match any offer. Uh, but obviously. There's still a lot more to work through with Aaron Gordon. Still a lot more for the Magic to see and accomplish. And one of their goals is to see Isaac and Gordon together. And I asked Frank Vogel specifically about that. And while you may not see a complete overlap between the two players, Isaac is still on a little bit of a minute's restriction you will see Gordon and Isaac play together, and Vogel agrees that that is an important thing for the Magic to see the rest of the year. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, talked a lot about it on yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic, so you can go back uh, into the archives on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast a listening device, and listen to those Listen to those comments, uh, but I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in, in the next segment of the show. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about the Toronto Raptors. Um, as we know, the, the Magic... De- Took a long time to play the Raptors, so they're playing them in fairly quick succession. But again, the Raptors are the best team in the Eastern Conference, and it's really not that close, not particularly close. Um, Three teams by net rating have separated themselves in the league. The Golden State Warriors are plus 9.6 points per 100 possessions. Houston Rockets are plus 9.1 points per 100 possessions. The Toronto Raptors are plus 8.4 points per 100 possessions, the third best mark in the league. This is an elite offensive team and an elite defensive team, the two things you need to be to win a championship in this league. Now, I'm not saying Toronto's going to go out and win a championship, but I would say that they're a very real threat to end the Cleveland Cavaliers' dominance in the the Eastern Conference and LeBron James' dominance in the Eastern Conference over much of the past decade. Toronto, of course, has had their problems in the postseason, and so the, the jury is still out on them on whether they will act. this will actually be the team to get over the hump, get to the conference finals again, number one, and then get to the finals and eventually unseat the Cavaliers. For now, though, Toronto is a team, uh, I thought Zach Lowe of ESPN.com did a really good job writing about what makes the Raptors so successful in an article I believe was from last week on ESPN.com. They really understand their roles, and they got great buy-in from DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. They're all stars. There were some growing pains early in the season, but they've really figured out how to play together and how to how to get that extra oomph, so to speak, or that extra little bit that they need in order to win games, in order to to push themselves uh, to the next level or, or or to that to that level that they need to go. Um, obviously the Raptors still have a lot to prove. And that is even more evident after their loss on Sunday. The Raptors lost playing Sunday against the Oklahoma City Thunder in a 132-125 to 125 loss, a very uncharacteristic loss for them. But Russell Westbrook had his big game, and, and Toronto gave up 40 points in the first quarter, uh, 35 in the fourth quarter. They, it was just not a typical Raptors game, and you can bet that they're going to be very fired up to play a good game against Orlando. DeMar DeRozan, 8-for-18 in that game. Serge Ibaka, 2-for-11. Kyle Lowry with 7-for-10 shooting, 22 points, 10 assists, but four turnovers as Toronto turns it over 19 times. It was a disappointing effort for the Raptors in a game that that they know they want back. Against a team like Orlando, this is a team they know that they can fine-tune some things and they may be ready to take out some anger. Having said that, I think Orlando is feeling pretty good. I got a pretty loose vibe from the team at practice. They they were off two days. Um, it seemed like that they were back into a better flow offensively. Certainly, they, they couldn't have been in a worse offensive flow than they were Friday. Um, but getting Aaron Gordon back should help the team. I'm not saying the Magic will go out and beat the Raptors, but you know, an angry Raptors team against a feeling good Magic team. You know, I I don't think it'll be a complete blowout either. Um, Anything can happen, obviously. Uh, the Magic, I think, played Toronto tough that first game. I'm blanking a little bit on what happened, but Toronto is a better team. Toronto is is a team that is obviously playing for a lot. They've got guys that have really fit their roles well, that have played uh, very, very well for whatever the team needs them to play. Um, In that game, for instance, on Sunday, Dylan Wright came off the bench to score 15 points and dish out eight assists. C.J. Miles scored 15 points, and they made it a game. I mean, they only lost... They, they gave up a lot of points, but only lost by seven, 132 to 132-125, and it was a one-point game entering—actually, it it's the Raptors led by one—entering the fourth quarter. So they kept pace with Oklahoma City, even though um, they were ultimately disappointed with their play and with the result. They're obviously playing to a much higher standard than the Magic are. I'll repeat this before every game, probably for the next 12 games now. The Magic don't need to worry about their opponent. They need to worry about themselves. They need to execute, they need to play with energy, they need to make shots, that's a big, that's a big one, um, and, and if they do that, they will have their chance to win any game they play, or not win any game they play, but they will give themselves a chance at the end of the game. Energy, effort, execution, those are the simple things, and the Magic right now need to focus on those basic fundamental things. We'll see what Orlando can do. Tip off at the Amway Center is at seven o'clock. Tracy McGrady will, of course, be honored and enter and inducted into the Orlando Magic Hall of Fame before the game. He'll be honored at at, at, on the court between the first and second quarter. If you're watching on Fox Sports Florida, he'll be on the broadcast during the second quarter. Always great to have the Hall of Famer Tracy McGrady in Orlando, back on Orlando, and uh, and talking to and 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 around the team because. uh, yeah, he's the guy that I grew up watching and playing, and and, and I definitely have a special affection for him um, as as uh, as a fan, as a Magic, as a longtime Magic fan, uh, and just a tremendous respect for what he did for the team. So tip off again, seven o'clock at the Amway Center. Before we get into the rest of the show, um, I, I have to I have to I have to get to this. The, my brackets are destroyed. I, I I lost three Final Four teams on Sunday. North Carolina, uh, Xavier, and Cincinnati all went down for me in quick succession. And I was just sitting there like, "You got oh, well, not Xavier, North Carolina, Cincinnati, and Michigan State. Um, and I was just, Xavier had an Elite Eight. But I was just sitting there like, man, this is just unbelievable. How, how am I going to get back in the game? Well, you know, I, I, there, are, there are second chance brackets, and and, and I'm doing the real time bracket thing on on fanside, which which actually has been a lot of fun. I I, I like that st- that style, you know, um, uh, and and I wish I, I wish I'd done a little more research and, and figured that out a little bit more before I started playing. But um, there's one place where I can get back into the game, um, and and it, and it's 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 a favorite place. It's it's a place I've talked about a lot here on the show mybookie.ag. If you haven't checked them out, this is the perfect time to get back into the action because March Madness is, of course, here. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. You can join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. If you're sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout, mybookie.ag is the place to go. They have quick payouts. I would recommend only recommend a service that's been good to me and my listeners, and that is mybookie.ag. You win, they pay fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time if you're betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can even place a bet after tip-off. That's always fun to do. Join now, and mybookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. You can even enter for a chance to win their million-dollar bracket challenge. You might be a little late on that one. I'm sorry if I'm reading old copy here, but you can still get in the game with mybookie.ag. Just use the promo code NBA to activate the offer. That's NBA. Visit mybookie today, mybookie.ag, play, win, and get paid. One of the big requests that I've been getting uh, from fans and, and comments from fans over the last few weeks
4: Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: You know, why are the Magic still playing their veteran players? And, and the simple response that I've given is they're trying to win. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Nikola Vucevic probably gives you a better chance of winning a game than, say, Bismack Biambo for sure, Ken Birch probably. Why are they still playing Jonathan Simmons? Well, Jonathan Simmons is still going to be part of this team. It's it's to the Magic's benefit to continue developing. Why would the Magic want to bring back Terrence Ross? Well, Terrence Ross needs to retain some trade value. I think it'd be valuable to get him some confidence uh, coming back from the injury from the injury that's kept him out since November. You know, uh, like th- There are various reasons, and, and some of it has to do with winning, and some of it doesn't. Now, when it comes to those injuries, uh, I do want to report. Frank Vogel said that Evan Fournier and Terrence Ross, although they were both on the court shooting free throws after practice, are a long way away from returning. It's I wouldn't bet on Evan Fournier coming back the rest of the season, which is unfortunate, of course. Um, and I honestly, at this point, I was optimistic that Terrence Ross would play before the end of the season, but at this point, I wouldn't expect that either. So let's put the we can probably put those away for now. But there is this. Tension, almost. The Magic do want to win. Doesn't seem that way, of course. And, and and I can hear the tankers in the back screaming, No, they don't! No, they don't! Or they shouldn't! I can hear you guys in the back there. The Magic are fourth in the lottery odds right now, and that's about where I suspect they'll finish. Because even when they're trying to win, they're not going to. They're, they're, they'll get a win here or there, but they're not going to string together enough wins to, to, to compete. So the season... The last 12 games now does maybe take on a little bit of a a dual purpose. That dual purpose, of course, being one to deliver victories, to try and get wins, to try and get as much momentum out of the end of the season and much positive feeling out of the end of the season that you can so that you can at least feel okay going into this offseason and work to keep that feeling going toward, toward the end of the last season. I mean, I, I was skeptical of the Magic's hot, uh, Magic's quote-unquote good finish last year when they finished 8-16 and after the Serge Ibaka trade because an 8-16 and record is still a 333 win percentage and that's not getting you anywhere. But, lo and behold, they won 8 of their first 12 games and, and started off really hot before the wheels started to fall off. So maybe there is something to it. Finding some positives there, there. But there's certainly an impetus to play more young players, to begin shifting to younger players. And Frank Vogel has confirmed on the record that that is the path the Magic will go the rest of the season. Uh,
0: not, too, not too different than what we've seen of late. You know, we're still uh, still playing our guys uh, pretty regular minutes and trying to trying to get those guys uh, developmental minutes to grow and, and help us win. You know, I, I said all along, you know, getting strengthening your youth is part of building, building a winning culture, part of uh, positioning ourselves for next year to you know to uh, hit the ground running and start strong. You know, these guys have opportunities to grow, and um, you know we intend to get them in there. I don't think in the short term that it'll be too too different than what we've seen over the last few weeks.
2: That may not make some Magic fans happy, so you will still see Nikola Vucevic up around 30 minutes per game. You'll still see Jonathan Simmons at around 30 minutes per game. You'll still see Aaron Gordon getting his fair, fair minutes, and I think we'll slowly see Jonathan Isaac's minutes tick up too. But Vogel does admit here, or does say here, that yes, his rotations will include these younger players. Now, I've said that the Magic should be trying to sell out for wins, but I do think that it's okay to expand your rotation. This is usually the time of year when teams tighten their rotations make sure their best players are in the game longer. Orlando's not going to do that. They're going to go in the opposite direction. They're going to play Kem Birch a little bit more. They're going to play a 10, 11-man rotation at times to make sure everyone gets minutes and gets some quality time on the floor. And yes, and the second half, maybe Wessel Owundo plays a little bit less to get Jonathan Simmons in more if it means getting a win. But overall, the magic are going to get these young players in the game. Wundu will get his run with that second unit. Ken Birch will get his run with that second unit, probably at center now rather than power forward with Aaron Gordon back in the lineup. We'll see less of Bismack Biombo. Shel- Shelvin Mack will probably play because they need a point guard, but he won't be the primary creator, um, as, as as Zach Lowe said, a tanktastic move, which I unfortunately have to agree that that is not ideal. Orlando does have some young players they need to get out there. Um, not just Jonathan Isaac, obviously the big one, and we'll, I'll address him last, but they do need to get Rodney Purvis, who they just signed to a second 10-day contract. They need to get him out there and see what he can do at the NBA level. He clearly can score a little bit. He did so at the G League level, and he slowly found his footing in the NBA. I suspect that the Magic will sign him for the rest of the season after this 10-day contract expires. They called up Jamel Artis for practice on Monday. They've seen a little bit of him, and there are definitely some things to like. He's a big guard. He seemed like he can defend pretty well. He's put up good numbers at the G League as well. It sounds like he's a guy. That the Magic would like to see a little bit more of. And, and finding a, a spot for him in the rotation is a little tricky, but certainly doable. Especially with uh, West One, do Mario Azonia, plenty of a lot of players standing in front of him in that rotation. Ken Birch is obviously a guy that the Magic would love to see, love to get more minutes as the backup center. And what's important to note here is that. I think there's a tendency when you say go young, start all these guys, play them 30 minutes, give them the ball and let them score. But that's not what the Magic want to do. They want to see if these guys will fit the specific role that they might play if they stay with the team beyond this season. They're, of course, all playing for contracts for next year too. And so it's not so important to see... If Rodney Purvis can be a 20-point-per-night scorer, play him like one. That's not what he is. It's probably more important to see if he can be a guy a, come, a guy coming off the bench, sp- spreading the floor. It's probably more important to see if one can maybe play a little point, or, or man the point a little bit more. It's pretty important to see whether Jamel Artis can defend at this level. Those are the things the Magic want to see. They don't want to see, necessarily, Rodney Purvis isolate and score 20. If he can do that, great. But it doesn't look like that's what they have in mind for him. These minutes given to the young players are less about the raw counting stats or even the high minutes. They'll get their minutes. It's less about that and more about figuring out their fit on the Magic and whether they fit in the future and developing them into the roles the Magic envision for them. That's what's important. That's what the Magic want to learn, and that's what the Magic want to see the rest of the season. What can they do to contribute to winning? Because ultimately still, the end goal is winning and winning that individual game as well. At the end of the day, this is all about trust in the Magic's development. Do you trust that the Magic can develop these players, these fringe, these essentially fringe NBA players, into future NBA players? Into guys who can play a role on the team moving forward? And that's really what the Magic are going to focus and work on with these young guys. They'll get their minutes. The rotation will expand. And it will eat into some of the minutes the starters get. But the starters are still going to finish games. They're not going to throw Rodney Purvis, unless he's earned it, out into a close game. They want to win these games. Because it's still valuable for the older guys to win games. Because some of them will stay too. And that brings us to probably the biggest thing that the Magic need to see is that is the continued growth and development of Jonathan Isaac. If there is one young player who will get in the starting lineup, who will eventually average more than 30 minutes per game the rest of the way, it's going to be Jonathan Isaac. I've said this before, I think the Magic should start should keep Isaac in the starting lineup after Aaron Gordon comes back. I want to see Isaac in the starting lineup Tuesday night against Toronto. I'd love to see him defend DeMar DeRozan, actually, too. It's looking more and more like Jonathan Simmons. or Jonathan Simmons is, is nursing a little bit of an injury, he may or may not play Tuesday. Do you keep Mario Izonia in the starting lineup? In that case, I don't know. Do you start a Rodney Purvis? I don't know. There's 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 a potential that Purvis and Artis could both still play for Lakeland on Tuesday. So their their status for Tuesday's game is is not entirely certain either. It's a big game for the Lakeland Magic. They've got three games left and they're a game out of the final playoff spot in the G League. So, um, a lot on the line for Lakeland on Tuesday. It's definitely time for the Magic to start playing these young younger players and shifting the focus to them and giving them their run and giving them their opportunity. And, despite what some people think, I think they've been slowly getting more opportunity. It's been a slow ramp up for sure. But we've reached a point of the season where development does take precedence. Where Orlando needs to see what guys can do that will help them down the line. It can't just be throwing them out there to throw them out there. There needs to be purpose behind it. And that's, I think, the approach the Magic are taking here. Whether that's right or whether that's wrong, I don't know. But this is the direction the Magic are headed, and this is the direction that the Magic are looking to go and grow with the rest of the season. As I said on Thursday over uh, over on the Locked On NBA podcast feed, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked
4: On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: You can find that on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. David Locke of Locked On NBA and Locked On Jazz sat down with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Of course, they talk about a wide range of issues, um, of ranging from the relationships with the players, what he wants his legacy to be, future NBA cities, and future NBA competitions. What he wants to see from the NBA. Um, uh, from from the NBA moving forward, it's a wide ranging interview. You'll be able to listen to it on Locked On NBA on Thursday, so be sure to check that out. As a special gift, we have a, we have a little preview of that episode right here on the Locked On Magic podcast. And this is an interesting one. We we listened to mybookie.ag the ad or we listened to the mybookie.ag ad earlier. Adam Silver and the NBA have been unabashedly in favor of legalizing gambling, of course, with the caveat that they want to take a cut of it. But that brings in a lot of, pl- lot of different other issues into play, and, and, and certainly the biggest one is is the potential for point-shaving scandals and, and for fixing games. Uh, and so David asked, asked Commissioner Silver, if the, if the NBA gets involved with gambling, what are they going to do to eliminate the incentive to lose? Take a listen. You've been forward thinking in regards to gambling.
3: If you do get involved with gambling the way it's been talked about, do you have to eliminate anything that incentivize losing? That, that's a that's a great question. I mean, the, the problem is y- if you put it that starkly, that any time you have a draft that rewards a team for poor performance and reward by meaning the per- very purpose of the draft as we have it is to help the performing teams restock with the best incoming players. I guess I can't answer that question affirmatively that we can eliminate anything. I think, though, that the extent sports betting comes, becomes legal widespread in the United States, not just in Nevada. That we're going to have to especially focus on a lot of these integrity issues, and that you know, it's and it, it doesn't just go to those people who would be, who would be betting on the games, legally betting on the games, but it's something that goes to the heart of what a sports league is about, and that's competition. Now, the only my hesitation a little bit too is, you know, putting aside tanking, I'll say the word, which to me suggests players or coaches are intentionally losing games, and I think if if I, as the commissioner, ever thought that was what was actually happening on the floor. Of course, we'd step in. But then there is a legitimate rebuilding. You see it in lots of businesses where... A, 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 an organization says we need to bring in new talent. It's going to take time to develop and train them, or we have some existing talent. And as you see sometimes in the league, we're young players that aren't getting a lot of minutes. So I'm not about to penalize a team for trading away a veteran to get draft picks because that's how the league works. So so finding cal- finding and calibrating this is, is not an exact science, but um, we'll even have to spend that much more time focused on it if sports betting becomes legal.
2: Obviously the draft, a big issue for the Magic over the last six years, unfortunately for Orlando, and the sports gambling issues is definitely a very interesting one, one that the NBA, as David mentioned in the question there, the the NBA has been at the forefront and been very proactive about figuring out and trying to decipher uh, in this very new world, I guess, that that we're living in and that, and that the, the league is is growing in here. You can, of course, catch the rest of this interview with Commissioner Adam Silver and David Locke over on the Locked On NBA podcast on Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to that podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, as well as Spotify. It's a great podcast. David does a great job bringing in guests from around the NBA to discuss the big national issues of the NBA. He'll bring on the local podcast host to talk about what's going on with the local um, with the lo- with the teams from the local experts like myself for the Magic, although the Magic aren't big relevant nationally, but if you want to keep up with the whole NBA, be sure to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Thursday Thursday's episode in particular, the interview with Commissioner Adam Silver. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. And of course, follow us on on. Twitter at Locked On Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD, and of course for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. I wrote up a a little uh, little post on uh, Frank Vogel's reaction to Teron Liu stepping down uh, as the, stepping down or not stepping down but taking a leave of absence as the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers because of health reasons, uh, something that Vogel and, and other coaches in the coaching profession are thinking about a lot with the with the illness that Steve Clifford had and 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 now Teron Liu as well. So be sure to check that out on orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today. On tomorrow's episode, we'll recap the Magic's game against the Toronto Raptors. Until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rosenreich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.
4: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.